You are Locked On Pelicans, your daily podcast on the New Orleans Pelicans, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Welcome to another edition of Locked On Pelicans, the daily podcast covering your favorite team, the New Orleans Pelicans and NBA as a whole, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Available on Apple Podcasts, iTunes, Google Play, Google Podcasts, Alexa, Stitcher, Spotify, wherever you get your podcasts from. I'm your host, Pelicans Insider, credential member of the media and editor over at LockedOnPelicans.com, Jake Madison, at Nola Jake on Twitter. Here with you all on this Wednesday, a game day for your New Orleans Pelicans as they travel to Oakland to take on the Golden State Warriors. We're going to preview this game. It's going to be kind of rough given that Klay Thompson set an NBA record 14 three-pointers the other night, and now you got to play that team. Not ideal. And there's still that injury report that this team kind of needs to contend with and work their way through because it was pretty rough against Denver, despite the strong showing from that team. In that game, though, of course, was Frank Jackson, who played pretty well. I want to look at his game a little bit more, tell you guys what I'm seeing, where we'd like to see him improve. Yes, he's only played three games. But we still want to take a look at all of this. And rank, frankly, all of y'all can't get enough Frank Jackson news right now. So we're going to look at that. We're going to preview the game and talk about a couple of other things here in today's edition of Locked on Pelicans. All right, so Frank Jackson first. Yeah, we're going to talk about him because he had that big game the other night, and I think it got people kind of excited, and you had to like what you saw from him, kind of sparking that Pelicans comeback against the Denver Nuggets, cutting that 28-point lead to just two points. That's the kind of spark you need to see off the bench. And this team has talked about their depth, but you hadn't really seen it kind of shown in a big way. Well, it was against Denver, and they stepped up in the absence of Anthony Davis, of Alfred Payton, exactly what we want to see from this team. So Frank Jackson on the season, again, it's limited minutes, yes, but we're still going to talk about this and take a look. He's averaging 7.3 points per game and just a shade over 14 minutes per game, taking five field goals during that time, shooting 45% from the field overall. He's shooting 57.1% from deep, shooting 77.8% from the line, averaging 1.3 assists as well. He's not really fouling. He's not turning the ball over at all. That's a nice thing to see. So he's just kind of being overall okay good. He's got a plus minus of minus one overall about neutral, which I think all things considered, you can't really ask for much more than that from the rookie basically. And when you put that out to 36 minutes of the starters minutes, it looks pretty good. He'd be averaging 18.3 points per game, 3.2 assists. He'd be getting to the line 5.7 times per game. He'd be giving you two and a half made threes per game, and he'd be taking 12.6 shots. Those are his per 36 minute numbers. Basically, a scorer off the bench, a guy who can kind of lead your second unit and be the go-to scoring option there. So, those numbers look good per 36 minutes. You'd be playing against better, you know, uh, opponents at times. You wouldn't be playing in garbage time against bad players, I guess. But still, those numbers look good. His defense was actually somewhat sound against the Denver Nuggets with Jamal Murray and Gary Harris in the game the other night. So where... Is he scoring? What's going on here? What's he doing well? What isn't he doing well? And the first, well? We'll take a look at the negative first. And the big thing that's going to jump out at you is his shooting. His shot chart leaves a lot to be desired. A lot of pull-up mid-range jumpers, which at the right times can be good, 
But that's not really the most effective way to score here in the NBA. We've kind of seen, if you go for that Daryl Morey as shot chart, that's not going to get it done. So a lot of mid-range jumpers here for him. But it's also the way he shoots. His catch-and-shoot ability, which is 35% of the time when he shoots, he's shooting 57.1%. He's got an E-field goal percentage, which factors in that threes are worth more than twos, of 85.7%. That is bananas good right there. That is incredible numbers. When he pulls up, so off the dribble jumpers, pull-up jumpers, 30% of the time there as well, he's shooting just 33.3% on those knee field goal percentage of 33.3. Not great. He's doing that a little bit too much. When he's under 10 feet scoring that way, and this is all per NBA.com slash stats, 35% of the time he's taking shots within 10 feet. Better, he's got an e-field goal percentage though of 42.9. So he's not scoring well there either. A lot of this shows kind of, it bears out along with the eye test. When you look at him early on in the shot clock, he's great. In that very early range, 22 to 18 seconds left on the shot clock, he's shooting 66.7% from the field. He's taking 15% of his shots there. Perfect. You know, when you get a little bit later, not so good. Average in that 15 to 7 seconds remaining on the shot clock range, shooting just 40% from the field. And when it's very late, it doesn't even matter because they're kind of minuscule there. Those are the two big ones, though. When it's getting in that early, very early range, he's playing in transition and scoring, and he's so fast, he can get to the rim and score on you that way. But when it gets later and he's trying to create his own offense, which he does not really have the ability to do just yet, then yeah, he struggles to shoot. It bears it out with the dribbles too. When he's taking zero dribbles, again, it's that 87.5 E field goal percentage. That is a just catch and shoot situation. When he takes two dribbles, 50% from the field. Three to six dribbles, it drops significantly and that's 40% from the field. That's a quarter of his offense. Not very good. You can look at it in terms of the range of the shots there too. Less than five feet, He is scoring pretty well, 60% there. And then when you stretch it out in that 5 to 9 foot range, 10 to 14, 15 to 19, not very good at all. He struggles in those areas. So you can see his shot selection needs to be improved. He's not a very good pull-up shooter. I don't think he has the confidence in himself yet to go to the rim and score. He certainly has the athleticism to. He's got the size. The size is there. It's been pretty good. But overall, he seems just a little, I don't know, tentative and would rather pull up for the long mid-range, kind of like what we see Etwan Moore do a lot of, which sometimes leaves a lot to be desired. We talked about this the other night, and Frank Jackson was kind of showing some of that. You'd rather see him just go to the rim either just miss the shot which is fine or go to the rim and try and score and finish through contact or at least just draw a shooting foul that way and get to line get some free throws I think that's what we'd all like to see he's just not there in his development yet but a lot of the things he does when he's not creating for his for himself when he's kind of driving off a catch off a pass he's good that first step with the ball is strong from him. Truly, you saw it. On the on that corner against, um, I forget who was closing out on him, but he caught the ball, put the ball on the ground around the, the, the Nuggets defender and drove. That's what we want to see from him. He works well without the ball. He doesn't need to have it in his hand and create his own offense that way. In fact, it's better when he doesn't do that. So that's not to say that he's struggling. And again, it's only been three games here. And certainly, I think we all feel he should be getting more minutes and a higher spot in the rotation 
All of this is actually kind of a good problem to have. Shot selection can be improved. You can't teach that athleticism, but you can teach finishing around the rim a little bit better. You can cheat, uh, you know, the shooting's there. That's good too. If he just takes more efficient and effective shots, he can be a very strong player for this team. So those are the type of things that kind of get coached out of you, particularly with Chris Finch here running this offense. Anthony Davis talked about last year how he's trying to minimize his mid-range attempts, and he was focusing more on threes and shots in the restricted area at the rim. Even those long shots in the paint, 10 feet or so, those aren't ideal and necessarily what you want to be doing. So as he gets more comfortable with the coaching staff, as there's more tape on him and the coaching staff knows where to help him adjust his game, I really do expect things to potentially take off for Frank Jackson. So before we catch up on just some league-wide news here on Locked on Pelicans, is your company looking for a new way to reach customers? Your company could be mentioned right now here on Locked on Pelicans. Podcast listeners are 60% more likely to interact with sponsors they hear on their favorite podcast. Our demographic is 98% male with more education and more earnings than traditional media audiences. Have your company sponsor Locked On Pelicans. Get a live read and a mention in the open and a mention in the close. You can email me. It's LockedOnPels at gmail.com. That's LockedOnPels at gmail.com. So looking around the league, there's a couple of things that are rather surprising. And it might be a little bit too early to look at the NBA standings, and that's not what I want to do here. But there's some trends that kind of just you look at it and catch you a little bit off guard. And I want to talk about a game that just ended. The Washington Wizards losing 107-95, so a pretty bad loss for them, to the Memphis Grizzlies, who I don't think anyone was really expecting to be good. By the way, Wizards 1-6. and six. They are tied for the worst record in the league right now. The team they're tied with, the Cavaliers, got their first win of the night and currently don't have a head coach, so that tells you probably all you need to know about that. Otto Porter Jr. just can't get it going. They don't get in the ball. Bradley Beal isn't scoring like they'd like to see him. He was 4 of 12 the other night. John Wall, their leader, is doing enough, but then you kind of look at it, and it's just nothing's going right, and he's your point guard. He's your distributor. What the hell is happening there? He had nine turnovers the other night, too. Then you have Austin Rivers and his comments the other day with this team that basically said, like, no, I'm the type of guy that's just going to go out and score over someone else. It's not my job to do this other stuff. They are a mess. They are in cap hell. And John Wall, with the extension that he has, you're looking to pay him something like $45 million in the final year of that deal. That is a gross number and not really what you want to see if you're a Wizards fan. Now, they are definitely in the running to have the first players-only meeting of the year if you don't count the one from the Timberwolves that was preseason. So they're likely maybe going to be sellers. Otto Porter Jr., the guy has been on many Pelicans fans' lips as they would like to maybe trade for him. Same for Kelly Oubre Jr. a little bit too, um, along with some of the other guys there. Maybe they just blow this up because they need to shed some salary because they don't want to pay the luxury tax for this team that's starting off one and six. But changes are certainly going to be coming there probably on multiple levels, um, whether it's the GM, the head coach, or both of them, who knows, but definitely they need to kind of shake it up there as well. Another interesting thing, and it follows an early season trend, and that's the Houston Rockets losing to the Portland Trailblazers 104-85, so about a 20-point loss there. Houston, by the way, one and five. This is a team with the best record in the league last year. Losing Trevor Ariza, Luke Baamute, some of those other guys is turning out to be a real big problem for them. They put up just 15 points 
in the first quarter. They put up just 21 in the second quarter. That is 36 total points in the first half. They had an offensive rating in the first half of 69. That is horrifically low. That is not going to get it done for that team. Yes, they're without James Harden right now. He's banged up and hasn't been playing, but still... Like there, you've got Eric Gordon, you've got Clint Capella, you've got Carmelo Anthony, you've got Chris Paul. You shouldn't be putting up just 36 points in the first half. Those role players and them leaving are a pretty big blow. Houston fans and writers and bloggers and all that stuff, podcasters too, I should say, really thought that the defense, which was top 10 last year, was predicated off of the system, not the players. It's looking entirely like otherwise, so that's a bit of a concern. By the way, Portland Trailblazers, 5-2. and two, I know we laugh at them, and the Pelicans play them on Thursday. At 5-2, and two, they've looked really good. Damian Lillard is having a lights-out season for him. And that guy, Zach Collins, they're big off the bench, gives them a kind of another dimension when he enters the game. And so look for him to start playing more minutes. Potentially, if there's no Anthony Davis, he's going to be in for a big game. We'll talk about that, though, another day. Final big surprise of the year when it comes to standings and teams. Sacramento Kings. Remember that team the Pelicans blew out on the home opener? They are 5-3 and three on a four-game winning streak right now after beating the Magic 107-99. Kind of surprising given just how much of a laughing stock they've been around the league the past couple of years, but De'Aaron Fox has been wonderful for them this season so far, and he's looking like an all-star, a stud player, and someone you can build the team around. Buddy Heald has also looked excellent, the former Pelican moving over there in the DeMarcus Cousins trade. His shooting has been so good at times this year that he's kind of hitting that rarefied air where if you just give him a sliver of space, he can get a shot off. Willie Cauley-Stein has played really well for them as well. And it's just kind of surprising overall that they're getting a lot of contributions to this team. So good for them. It's interesting to kind of see how all of that's been going. Good that the Pelicans got that win against the team when they did. By the way, Troy Williams, who the Pelicans cut um, as they made the final roster moves to start the year, a bit of a surprise that they're still keeping Kenrick Williams here on the roster. He's been playing well for the Kings, and the Pelicans might be regretting that one just a little bit. In last night's game, by the way, let me pull up his numbers. 12 points, 5 rebounds. Not too bad for a guy off of the bench. He also played almost 34 minutes for him, so nice to see him at least succeeding, even if it's not with our team here in New Orleans. So, some teams to keep an eye on because they have been, all of those teams are either playing well or not well, so it's worth you know, it's interesting just to see how this is going because that will affect the buyer and seller's market as we get closer to the trade deadline in February. So before we preview tonight's game against the Golden State Warriors on Halloween night, which is just going to be pretty much a scary one given the form the Warriors are in right now. Don't forget, it's a big football week here in Louisiana. Make sure you tune into Locked on Saints Monday through Friday. Get caught up on everything you need to know heading into the matchup in the Superdome on Sunday in the late afternoon between the 6-1 Saints and the undefeated Los Angeles Rams. It is going to be a big game. If they can win this one, people are going to be very excited about the Super Bowl potential for this New Orleans Saints team. And of course, the big game on Saturday in Baton Rouge. Tune in to Locked on LSU, new daily podcast covering all things Tigers. This week, Matt Moscone is building up to the game against Bama. 
And as the year goes on, he's going to be covering basketball, baseball as well. You can't get that type of coverage anywhere else. So make sure you listen and subscribe daily to Locked On LSU. So tonight, the Pelicans take on the Golden State Warriors in a late West Coast tip-off if you're here in the Crescent City. And the Warriors are, well, I don't know, good. They are 7-1 and one top in the Western Conference. This had the, the feeling that they could just be bored and lazy this season. And they started off that way. They even lost a game, if you can believe it or not. But have kind of rounded into form and all and reminded everyone that they're probably the best team in the league. When you look at their ranks in terms of things, they're basically the t- in the top five of everything across the board, except when it comes to turnovers. They're turning the ball over a little too much. They foul a little too much, and they're only top 10 when it comes to offensive rebounding. But they do everything else really, really well, basically. So this is a tough, tough game for New Orleans. They shoot the ball lights out. They're taking almost 32 three-pointers per game. They're making 13. And of course, they're top five when it comes to shooting from deep as well. They can score and beat you. Otherwise, we know all of what they have here. Looking at some of the numbers for these guys as I pull up their per-game numbers, which just ran away from me. You've got Steph Curry, Curry, Averaging 32.5 points per game along with 5.5 assists, 5.4 rebounds. You have Kevin Durant averaging just a cool 28.3. No big deal. 6.1 assists, 7.5 rebounds per game. Clay Thompson's averaging nearly 20 a game. He's given you four rebounds as well, as well as one assist. But he got hot. He set an NBA record. 13 made threes in a game the other night. He basically did that in three quarters. Steph Curry's liable to go off on any given night. We just talked about how bad the Warriors the uh, Wizards were, well, Steph Curry went off against them for 51 points, 51 points in just 31 and a half minutes. He had, he scored 51 points on 24 field goal attempts. Helps when you can make 11 threes like he did. If Anthony Davis isn't playing in this game, then he's listed as questionable right now. You have Julius Randle listed as probable and Alfred Payton listed as out. We'll see if any of those change as the day goes on, but that's where it stands right now. Maybe just rest AD. This team isn't taking chances with him. They realize that they can lose a handful of games here and there. You may as well not rush him back and be not at 100%. They're cool if they go into the playoffs as a sixth seed because they feel they can sweep the higher seed as we saw. That's this team's mentality when it comes to injury. So in years past, maybe you'd see guys come back a little bit earlier than we were expecting. I don't think we're going to see that this season though. So you know, you might just see this team not play these guys against the Warriors, knowing just, eh, it's what, you know, whatever. It's not really worth it. We'll see, though. I think AD, after two games out, wants to get out, wants to play, wants to show he can beat this team. If things maybe change with Alfred Payton, that would be big. The listed is out now. That's not likely to be the case. This is just an uphill battle. We saw this Pelicans team not really give them too much trouble. And so this is just a little bit rough. Um, so I don't know what's going to happen. I We don't need to preview it much. They're just really good. And if you get anything out of your team, out of your players here, I think if you're Alvin Gentry, you're going to be very happy. So that's going to do it for this edition of Locked on Pelicans. Thank you all for listening. If you're a new listener, I appreciate you tuning in. If you've been with me at any point in time and stuck with it, Awesome as well. Thanks for being here. It's still a fun season, despite the 0-2, probably going to be 0-3 skid that the Pelicans are on right now. But at least they're not the Washington Wizards. So enjoy the game tonight. As always, I'm your host, Jake Madison, at NolaJake on Twitter. And we'll be back with you all tomorrow to recap the game and preview the Portland Trailblazers. Blazers.